Episode 62, Don Brown. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, we are attracting some amazingly talented leaders on this show and would love to meet more of your favorites. Shoot me a line at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at Amplify, E-M-P-L-I-F-Y.com with your suggestions. I'd love to hear them. All right. So next up, Don Brown. His first company was acquired by EDS in 1986. He founded Software Artistry in 1988, which was the first software company in Indiana ever to go public and was later acquired by IBM for $200 million. Don then founded and served as CEO of Interactive Intelligence, which went public in 1999 and was acquired by Genesis for $1.4 billion. I got a chance to talk with his current team before the show and the theme was no one leaves. Don Brown takes team building to a whole new level. All right, Don Brown, welcome to Gut Plus Science. You might know the average tenure today is right around two years. Seems crazy, right? That takes a toll on a business success for sure, especially with today's feet and finding good employees in the first place. None of us have to accept two years as a norm, and I want to prove that point as we talk today around how do we help leaders increase tenure averages. You, you know, you're known for leading highly engaged workforces where people stay a really long time, and you've been doing that since the 80s. So uh, I think we've got a lot, a lot to learn today. Don, welcome to the show. Let's just dive into this first question. Why do you think tenure averages continue to shrink and disengagement levels continue to rise? Well, I, I think uh, in at least in the tech industry, part of it is that there's just uh, so much activity. There's so many startups, uh, so many new ventures, uh, so much uh, venture funding that's uh, looking for uh, various homes, and and so you know I, I think fundamentally employees just have more options today, uh, especially well-educated, high-tech uh, employees. So any thoughts on how we help to eliminate or lessen the distractions? For me, everything starts with giving people a sense of purpose. Uh, it's uh, incumbent upon the leaders of a, of a company to um, uh, come up with a, a mission that is worthy of the efforts of uh, really good people. You know, people very quickly get disillusioned if they feel like their uh, efforts aren't being appreciated or aren't making an, an appreciable difference. And uh, so I, I think uh, everything starts by making sure that people understand what the organization uh, uh, is about and why it matters. Let's elaborate a little bit on company purpose versus individual purpose, and maybe not versus, but and, and why both are so important to help employees at all levels to get clear on both of those. Yeah, you know, in our case, uh, uh, I mean, this uh, is my, uh, you know, depending upon you how, how you count, fourth or fifth company, and it's been really easy here because you know we're we're trying to disrupt healthcare, 
And so it's something that everybody can relate to. Everybody understands the importance of that mission and the uh, potential effect on society at large. Uh, so, you know, obviously that's different for, for every organization, but in, in our case, uh, just uh, kind of the, the nature of the challenge that we've accepted lends itself to uh, giving people that sense of uh, a lofty purpose that the company is about. And then, as you indicate, then it's important to explain how uh, their, their positions play in that overall purpose. Yeah, that's good. I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit on just, you know, whether it's today or in, you know, past experience, what have you seen as best practice around leadership development to help managers, leaders at any level to be able to embrace employee engagement and ultimately helping their team members to find more purpose at work? Well, I, I think so much, uh, uh, flows from the top in uh, an entrepreneurial organization. You know, people take their cues from what's going on at the highest levels from the uh, CEO, you know, how the, the company uh, talks, um, what sort of information it discloses. So for me, kind of two main principles that I've evolved over my career are transparency and plain speaking. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people get turned off by the sort of uh, corporate speak that's often adopted and and that also kind of goes hand in hand often with a degree of opacity uh, that the organization doesn't want to disclose, you know, information about things as fundamental as uh, how much revenue they're bringing in or how, uh, how much money they're burning. And so for, for me, it just has uh, proven to be far simpler and easier just to be honest with people and to talk to them in human language, not like a robot, not something that's been filtered by a set of corporate uh, attorneys. And by doing that kind of at the corporate level, then it, it sets the tone for individual teams and individual managers that they kind of quickly realize that they're not going to get in trouble for adopting that same sort of a approach. And I, I just find that people appreciate it immensely. If you're uh, open with them, honest with them, and speaking with them like a human being. Can you give a couple of examples where, you know, over your time in leadership, you've influenced leaders to be transparent and you've watched that as an example kind of live out in the organization? Anything come to mind? Certainly, I've uh, tried to embody that. I think part of it uh, came naturally for me because I never went through business school. I uh, had a, a distaste for large corporations and the, the ways they interact with their employees and other uh, stakeholders. It just never felt very genuine. And so for me, uh, I, I remember years ago, uh, at my previous company, Interactive Intelligence, it had gone uh, public, it was flying high, and then we hit a, a rough patch, and we had to lay off a bunch of people. And I just uh, I crafted a very heartfelt message uh, to people, you know, it wasn't uh, a bunch of uh, corporate euphemisms, but it recognized that this was going to affect people's lives. And that I was sorry for uh, whatever mistakes I had made in contributing to getting us to the point where we needed to uh, kind of take that, that step back. But I can't tell you how much people appreciated, even people who were being let go, appreciated just the 
uh, a little bit of empathy, a little bit of honesty about the situation and that every, it, it was very clear that I wasn't couching my language in terms of what would be uh, least likely to get us sued. I, uh, you know, and it was more just uh, being very direct and honest. And I, I think that uh, that has had a, a, a good impact all the way down the line in every organization I've been a part of. That's great. So I'd love to go down this path for a second. You probably heard that quote that people join organizations, they leave managers or they leave leaders. And then you're talking about this core of purpose and um, being transparent. So I'm going to translate that into something I'm really passionate about, which is building relationships in the workplace. So I think, you know, the more that we have a relationship with someone, the easier it is to be transparent, the easier it is to not have to feel like we have to talk in fancy words because we have a true relationship with them. So um, I didn't know if you could share a little bit about how you've seen relationship building in the workplace be a wonderful soft skill that is so needed, or maybe to illustrate and or illustrate a leader that you know that does that really well and what it looks like. I, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because, you know, for us, um, from the beginning, we determined we're going to be a distributed organization. We, we happen to tap into some uh, good uh, talent pools, both in uh, Indianapolis as well as in Research Triangle Park, uh, North Carolina. And then, plus, I live in uh, Park City, Utah. So, uh, we made a decision early on, we're going to have three main corporate locations, uh, Research Triangle Park, Indianapolis, and the Salt Lake City area. Uh, And so we invested heavily in uh, things like uh, Zoom and video conferencing equipment and everything. But we quickly determined that we needed to do more. And so uh, it kind of uh, evolved a little bit by accident. But uh, the the way things have uh, worked out, twice a year, we bring the entire company out to uh, Park City, Utah. Uh, I have a big home uh, on the side of a mountain uh, out here uh, in the middle of a ski resort. And uh, so we bring the entire company out uh, for a week. Actually, we ju- did this just uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it was about 70 people. And it's very, uh, very crowded, you know, dorm room uh, type of uh, uh, sleeping uh, arrangements. But we bring in wonderful food and then uh, it's kind of turned into a company tradition now. We go out for two nights and we go camping out in the Uinta Mountains at about 10,000 feet above sea level. It's just a wonderful experience to get everybody out of their daily routine and, uh, you know, even out of their, their homes. And we live closely together for for a week, including uh, two days and two nights out in uh, wilderness. And it it's just been wonderful to see the way that we build relationships, friendships that carry on then when we uh, all go back to our uh, respective locations. Wow, that is so cool, Don. That is, that's really neat. We definitely have not featured a week uh, destination trip at the CEO's home yet on this show. So that is definitely new. How cool. I'd love for you to describe, and especially going down this relationship path, but also talk about you know business impact from innovation or whatever happens. Describe the power of getting away as a whole team and just immersing yourself in time together. Like Maybe that's what you're doing now or what you've done in the past. How do you advocate for that because of what it does to be able to build people and build companies? 
We started it the, the first year uh, that I set up the company. We had oh, eight or 10 of us who uh, came out to, to my house and uh, you know spent a few days just doing business planning and everything and eating and drinking together and uh, just having fun. And then we've uh, continued to do this as we grow. So generally we have everybody out uh, at the end of August for our uh, summer uh, retreat where we go up into the uh, mountains. And then we do it again in February where we have everybody out for a winter retreat and people who want to go skiing or snowboarding or snowshoeing or or whatever. And it's just been a wonderful way for people to relax, to get to know each other. We don't do a whole lot of uh, organized business uh, stuff. You know, we, we generally will have uh, a couple of hour meeting with everybody at the beginning just to kind of review the overall big picture, especially for people who are uh, relatively new to the organization. And then it's always also become kind of a tradition. We do a little hackathon. Uh, so people uh, divide up into their own teams of uh, three or four, and uh, they pick whatever project they, they want. Uh, can be just a, a wild sort of fun feature that they want to add. A couple of years ago, we had a, a team that uh, built a little uh, skin cancer detector uh, so that you could, uh, with, with your phone, take a picture of a questionable uh, spot on your skin. Uh, it would send it up to our cloud, do some machine learning, and uh, give you with about uh, the same accuracy as a trained dermatologist an indication of uh, whether uh, that spot is uh, melanoma or, or not. And so just lots of cool projects. Many of those then have uh, found their way into our products or have resulted in totally new products. And so it's just a fun way for people to work together and do something totally outside of what they would do in their uh, normal day-to-day role. And then at the end of the retreat, we have little presentations. The teams show what they've uh, built. They get some nice applause and and feedback. And it's uh, it's just been uh, wonderful all the way around. Wow. Well, it'll be really unique if you double in size between this year and next. <laughs> yes. You guys will um, have quite the dorm room experience probably at your house, right? <laughs> you gotta- well, yeah, that's what everybody's wondering about. This year it was 70 people. Uh, last year it was, uh, I think, around 40. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because in most companies, what you find is that everybody is clamoring for more help right? Everybody wants, I need to hire somebody else to take over part of my job, or I need an assistant, or, you know, I I need more people. It's led to an interesting situation here where the main concern is, how do we stay small? You know, how can we be successful and yet not grow in proportion to uh, that financial success? Because people like the intimacy. They they like being part of of something, you know, relatively small. And so it it leads all of us to explore creative ways that we can engage third parties, you know, use outside services, you know, uh, anything we can to keep the, the company small because we like this. We like being able to all fit in uh, one house, albeit, you know, in uh, under somewhat cramped conditions, but it's just a lot of fun. 
That sounds so fun. And what a great illustration of relationships. So, um, so I'm curious, you know, Don, you've built some significant companies over the years and, you know, in this new adventure, while you were, uh, planning your leadership team and really selecting the right people to come alongside of you. What have you learned over time to look for as key qualities or skills when aligning with leaders? I think, and especially all I can really comment on is the sort of industry that I'm in, you know, uh, high tech and uh, in the case of Lifomic, kind of a heavy with health and, and science part of things. And in that sort of situation, I've, I've learned over the years, the most important thing is that people in you know, leadership positions have skills and have the respect of the people they, they work for. Uh, or the people who work uh, for them or or with them. So it it means kind of going away from a management system of people who are just kind of paper pushers, uh, you know, people who are are just uh, managing spreadsheets or, you know, not adding value in some other way. So the people in leadership positions in our company are are doers. They're expected to contribute uh, either by writing code or uh, having some other personal tangible contribution beyond uh, managing other people. Thank you for sharing that. And finally, as we're looking at Lifeomic, the purpose and the core values that you've built the company on are what? The, I, it may sound overly simplistic, but you know, we set out with a mission that uh, our healthcare system is broken and we want to disrupt. Uh, and so it, it really is that sort of uh, attitude, uh, kind of the, the key word that we use to describe uh, uh, our company and our approach is audacity. Uh, and it means kind of running right on that edge. Audacity is an interesting word because it's right at the, at the junction of being daring and aggressive, uh, but uh, if you cross the line, it's being foolhardy, you know, and uh, arrogant. And so it's a, it's kind of an interesting point at which to try to uh, drive a, a company, but uh, it really seems to be working well uh, for us. You know, we've been able to attract really top-notch people and retain them uh, because we're taking on uh, an audacious sort of mission that has the potential uh, to, to make a, a big difference, uh, you know, in society at large and a difference that's uh, badly needed. Sounds so exciting to be part of, for sure, on so many levels. So, Don, thank you for your time today. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor message, and we're going to come right back to what we call our lightning round, where we'll get to learn just a little bit more about you. We'll be right back. In our conversations with CEOs and hiring managers, we hear they're frustrated with traditional recruiting. From outrageous fees to focusing on candidates before clients, the process was broken and needed to be fixed. Enter Titus Talent. Titus Talent Strategy serves its clients using passionate people, a proven process, and unparalleled performance. Oh, and did we mention they guarantee the performance of their candidates for 12 months? If you want to learn how they're disrupting the recruitment space, head over to TitusTalent.com. That's T-I-T-U-S-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. 
All right, Don Brown, back on Gut Plus Science. Excited to uh, share this time with you today. Really inspiring leaders to think differently around building tenure in their organization. So thanks for all the key, wonderful takeaways that you gave. Got a couple questions for you, just to learn a little bit more about the personal side of you, Don. Number one, um, what is your favorite book or one that you'd recommend to share with our listeners today? My favorite book of all time uh, is David Copperfield by uh, Charles Dickens. But in terms of uh, kind of more uh, relevant uh, books, uh, I would say Exponential Organizations uh, is a, a great one, uh, especially for people who are interested in how companies can grow and, and do really interesting things. It sounds like you live in a close to a vacation spot. So uh, maybe now pick out your favorite vacation spot when you get away from your beautiful place. Oh, well, I'm in the, in the mountains, so I've kind of got that covered. But uh, my family and I have uh, fallen in love with Cabo San Lucas uh, in Mexico. So that's, that's kind of our getaway spot. Awesome. I love it there. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Uh, you know, I'm an avid rock climber, and uh, there's lots of that uh, in uh, this area. It's just a great excuse to get outside, get to some remote places, and, you know, do something that really marshals all your concentration uh, so that you're, you're very much in the moment. Wonderful. And Don, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? Well, uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Don Brown Indy. So that's, that's probably the uh, easiest way. Uh, certainly, uh, there's uh, lots of information about uh, our products, uh, both uh, in the iOS and Android uh, app stores. Um, you can look for uh, Lifomic. And we've got some uh, highly regarded health and wellness uh, apps out there. And I've done a number of videos and uh, other pieces of educational content that you can access as well. Awesome. Thanks, Don. All right. Thank you. Don, I think you may have started a movement on week-long employee retreats at CEOs' homes. How cool. So here's my truth you can act on today, guys. Number one, take time out to team build. A real time out from the noise and the normal. Take time out to team build. Spend time getting to know those you work with. Number two, purpose is the core of a business and an employee wanting to stay. Reiterate the purpose of the company regularly, like 10 more times than you think is necessary to make sure that it's clearly communicated and pour into the purpose of your people. Help dig deep, ask good questions, and help get to the core of what is their personal purpose and how do we make sure that the business as a platform helps that come alive. And number three, leaders are doers. They get involved and they provide value add. So jump in more often. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.